welcome to the New Life Digging Deeper podcast, where we take Sunday sermons a step further, giving you the opportunity to gain greater understanding and ultimately grow your relationship with Jesus. Welcome everyone to the Digging Deeper podcast. My name is Cody Gesser. I'm the worship pastor here at New Life Church, and I'm joined with Pastor Brian. Hey y'all, good to be with you. And we finished this weekend our parable series. So this was the yeah. last weekend of the parable series. And yesterday we met with our preaching team to start working on our next sermon series. But we evaluated service and preaching team. And one of the things we talk about in preaching team is, was the big idea clear? Mm. And I thought this would be a good chance for us to let the listeners hear about what that exactly means. Like, what is a big idea? Yeah. And then, like, what was your big idea from Sunday? Yeah, yeah, that's great. So uh, the big idea concept, it comes from my... Uh, training as a pastor and, and a preacher, um, Haddon Robinson, who was very influential over the last 50, 60 years in the the area of preaching, was one of my my professors. And he wrote a book a long time ago and called it The Big Idea of Preaching, or, or Biblical Preaching. And in it, the big idea was a central element. So essentially what it is, is a, the one idea, the one thing that you want the sermon to be about. And so everything that you say ties to that one thing. It either proves it or demonstrates it, explains it or um, contrasts it. Everything ties to that one idea. I think maybe if you grew up in church, you probably heard like the three points in a poem mm-hmm. kind of stereotype. Well, a lot of times those three points wouldn't relate to one another. They'd be almost three separate things. And that's just not great communication. You know, like we want to make sure that everything is reinforcing one concept. And so um, that's the way that I preach. And I actually think the Bible operates that way too. Each book of the Bible has a an idea that it's driving after. I think each chapter, each paragraph has an idea that it's it's really focused on. Now, there's lots of ideas in play, but how do they relate to one another? Most of them are supporting one idea. And so I think that's our job as, as preachers is to preach what the Bible says and preach those ideas, those main ideas. Now, what what that idea does for us today is how, you know, you'll get different sermons and, and get different big ideas in, in any given Sunday. And so it's really just about the applying it to us and, and how it makes a difference for us. So, yeah, so that's what the big idea is. It's, it's the one idea that the Bible's talking about, and it's the one idea that the sermon is talking about. So this last Sunday, my big idea is uh, knowing that we are forgiven leads to love. Knowing that we're forgiven leads to love. Like that's essentially what the 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 big idea was all about, and really what I felt like the text was driving towards. Because you saw that the woman, she knew she was forgiven. What did it lead her to do? She she loved Jesus. She took this expensive perfume. She wiped his feet with her tears and her hair. Like she just she loved him. You saw that in the text. And so I think that was what the big idea focused on for us and how it relates to forgiveness. So yeah, there's a little bit about the big idea. Yeah. And I thought it was clear this weekend Mm -hmm. and um, it was me and my wife had an awesome conversation about it, just walking away. And it's so easy to get lost in sometimes how we actually view forgiveness versus how love shows us forgiveness. Yes, And um, yeah, a lot of times there's a lot of different concepts in Christianity that we get, we understand. Mm -hmm. I always say it's like, 
doing like knowing right versus doing right yeah. you know and it's yeah. so easy to understand something but to truly get it is another thing and yeah i thought you really held everyone in the tension of that on sunday morning mm. um so this was we've been like five five weeks in this this would be six six be okay six. so yeah. that was six yep um this series was a little bit different because we had different speakers in it yep, and everyone yep. was able to kind of choose their own parable. Mm-hmm. And um, I've kind of been asking different people, you know, why did you choose that parable mm. for you? What was, what stood out to this one mm, for you? Yeah, or good. What was kind of drawing about it? Yeah. So when we were preparing for the series, I just kind of was flipping through the gospels and like, okay, what remind myself, what are the parables that, that we could choose from? And, and this one um, I preached, Oh man, it's not, maybe not even, uh, maybe it's been 10 years ago. I preached out of this this text uh, a long time ago, and I still remember it because what I remember about it was the beauty of how Jesus interacted with this person, with this woman, and how he is simultaneously like caring for her and really caring for everybody, but also challenging at the same time. Mm. You know, and he's he's going after Simon's assumptions and, and oftentimes our assumptions too. Um, and so I just, I appreciate, appreciate the richness of, uh, this, this story and what Jesus is doing within it. So when I came to it, as I was just flipping through the gospels, I was like, oh yeah, I remember the story. And it just, it had an impact on me because of how Jesus is interacting in a multifaceted way. And it all has to do with forgiveness. Um, and that's just such a, an important concept in Christianity. So for me, like when I got to it, I just felt like, yep. It's good to revisit this mm-hmm. one for me. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And you shared how kind of a typical response for understanding forgiveness is to run to the right answer rather than running to the actual need of forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Why do you think that is? Um, yeah. yeah, like, and how, how could we change that habit? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I really drew on my own experience a lot for that one because um, I think that's what I do so often. Um, I... I've been trained well. I've, I've learned a lot in my faith journey. I've had some great teachers and mentors and, uh, you know, I've learned great theology and all this. I I read a lot. So all of that, it's like, it's all in my head. Like that's all information. It's good and important and necessary, but it's so easy to live in our heads. And I think a lot of times, um, that, is a defense mechanism. And I think this is true of me. If I can live in my head, I don't actually have to deal with my shortcomings. I don't actually have to deal with the, the way that I fall short and the, the messiness in my own life. Mm. Um, if you can live in your head, you can live in the abstract. Yeah. Kind of the hypothetical uh-huh. of and how you would react in a situation based on your knowledge towards yes, that versus exactly. what that actual situation would look like. Yes, exactly. Right. Yeah. And there's a, there's a distance, there's a safety that mm-hmm. comes with that. And I think for me, um, my my faith journey has continually pushed me out of that comfort zone into like dealing with my stuff, dealing with my sin, dealing with where I'm broken and when I, I hurt people and fall short and do wrong. Like part of walking with Jesus is acknowledging our sin in a real way, not just in a theoretical abstract kind of way. Like, oh, I know I'm a sinner. I do these things and I can maybe point to an example or two, but there's a difference between living in your head and, and naming all that and actually like confronting it and it's in its realness in your life. And so for me that I was really, again, drawing on my own experience, like I do that so often. And that is what Jesus is challenging me to do right now. 
not to live in my head, but to actually go down into my heart, into my core of being and really just confront where, where's the mess? Where's the sin? Mm. And yeah. Yeah. I was preparing for, um, we're having a vocalist, uh, morning on Saturday with the vocalists on the worship team and we're going to kind of just go through some of the songs and I was looking through mm-hmm. some devotional pieces and um, there was a really good video watched and it was talking about identity and she was pulling from Colossians oh, and yeah. talking about how yeah. we're made whole and blameless mm-hmm. and my next question kind of kind of sits with that and her point was just saying sometimes how we posture ourselves is like we're trying to give that forgiveness back uh, and like, and yeah, yeah, we're showing our identity in that sort of way, or we might be mm. kind of like timid about that. Yeah, but we should be bold in that. And mm-hmm. it was just that's something I'm hoping to share with the vocalists and just yeah. how we posture ourselves on stage and mm-hmm. how we should. Um, yeah, I thought it was really good. But I guess my question is: is if you struggle with being forgiven, maybe you're more of that, you know, reserved person. Like, mm. does that mean? that you're not loving Jesus. Uh, like, yeah. well, I understand mm. that that's a pretty loaded. Yeah, <laughs> but... sure, sure. Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, short answer, no. Um, just because we struggle with forgiveness doesn't mean we're not loving Jesus. Um, it, what strikes me about that question is there's probably a number of people um, where you just, you, f- you feel unworthy of mm-hmm. receiving that grace, that forgiveness. You feel there's so much shame or guilt, or if Jesus really saw me, he wouldn't kind of thinking. And to be very careful and gentle, like that, like if that's true, there's probably a lot of hurt and wound and maybe even trauma that, that that's coming from for a mm-hmm. person. And so if you're listening and this, you're, this is ringing true for you, um, it, it, it could be one of those more deep seated kinds of things that you just you feel unworthy of forgiveness, um, and if you struggle being forgiven or receiving that from Jesus, that may not actually be because you can't receive it. It just may be there's some kind of barrier that's getting in the way. And what, I guess what I want to say to you, if you're listening, um, Jesus's forgiveness is not contingent upon us. Mm-hmm. Anything we do yeah, or don't do, um, it, it, He's offering it. And he offers it to everyone. Now, some don't take it um, because of choice, but some don't maybe feel it or experience it because of some kind of sh- some kind of barrier. But it's still there. Um, there is a difference between a willful walking away, like no, I don't need it, I don't want it. Like I know what's happening here, and I just choose not to receive it. Okay. But then there's some people who it's like I don't feel like I'm worthy and. Jesus is coming and saying, no, 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 it's not about your worthy or not worthiness. It's about me offering it to you because I love you. But that's hard to hear for some people because of our, our past, our trauma. Yeah. And so inability to like receive love in mm-hmm, general. Yes. And so that's a healing work that I think Jesus wants to do in his forgiveness. It doesn't mean that we're going to feel it right away. Um, but that also doesn't mean that the forgiveness isn't there in doing its work. Mm-hmm. The yeah. Holy Spirit is present. He's doing stuff. And we may resist and pull from it because of our wounding, because of our trauma. Um, and that doesn't mean that we're not loving Jesus. It just means uh, we've got some things that he's wanting to work with us through. And it might take a long time. It might be quick, but it, it might be a uh, you know years, decades, even a lifetime of unlearning that brokenness. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if that's you, I just want to encourage you that 
Jesus is still offering it, even though you may not feel it, even though you may have trouble receiving it, it's still there and he's still doing a work. And even if you, um, resist and, and try to pull away, sometimes Jesus is still steadfast there. And that doesn't mean like you're barred from the kingdom or that you don't have salvation. Um, if you've made that choice, it's, it's not on our strength. It's not on our work. We, we don't earn it. We simply receive it, even if we sometimes don't hold on to it like we like we could. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just say that as an encouragement. If that if that's you, if you feel that way, um, Jesus is faithful. He's yeah. He's the one who's coming through. Um, so it's not about um, it's not about like specific you know particular outcomes. Like we have to love just like that woman did. Like no, that's not quite it. What Jesus was pointing to is you can see in her act of love the reality that she's experienced, but it's not her act of love that proves it or, or um, you know, makes it real or whatever. It's a demonstration of what's there. Mm-hmm. And that w- thing that's yep. there yep. is from Jesus. Yep. And that doesn't change even in our own brokenness. So um, I don't know. Hopefully that's helpful. No, that's helpful. And yeah. I think that's what I'll get at Saturday too is like mm, yeah. it is a demonstration of like what is already there and inside and where our identity is found. And mm-hmm. we need to find our identity like boldly and strongly in mm-hmm. Christ. And yep. um, yeah, that's awesome. And, I appreciate and just because, that. yeah, and just because it's not demonstrated doesn't mean it's not there. Yeah. Um, right. and if it's not demonstrated, like it's a good time for us to evaluate. Okay. Why? Mm-hmm. And Jesus is right there ready to walk with us through it. Cause he already knows, like he knows yeah. where, where the, the trouble is for some of us. It's because of some wound or barrier that's just getting in the way. But for others of us, it's because we're not actually receiving the forgiveness. And there it's, we we're more like Simon, like, Hey, let Jesus in more and, and allow him to, to speak gospel good news and, and to do his work inside our hearts. Um, so yeah, just because it's not there doesn't mean there's not forgiveness. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's really good. I had a, a good friend, um, at a church's youth pastor and he was just in more of a lower income area and just a lot of broken homes. And mm, he yeah. was just explaining to me how you walk in and be like, Jesus loves you. And it's like, they don't yeah. understand what love looks yes. like or how yep. to receive it. So mm-hmm. It, they not even be able to imagine what God's love to them looks oh, like. So yeah. he yeah. was just explaining how, you know, how to go through the character of Jesus and like really get down deep with these yes. kids so they'd understand what mm-hmm. true love even looks like. Yeah. So yeah, it's fascinating. And that's such a process too. Mm-hmm. It's not like a one and done, like, oh, five minutes and yeah. everybody gets it. <laughs> now like, you get it. Yeah. No way. Like it takes. I mean, he had to embody it himself. Yeah. You know oh, what I mean? And really there did. It is. Yeah. That's really good. Yeah, so um, I wanted to take a moment to ask you a question in small groups. Uh, one of the small group questions, because a lot of times, you know, you guys get behind your computer and write these questions, but you don't have to answer <laughs> That's them. That's right. And I read this one. I'm like, this one is hard. You'd have to be a really close group to just want to jump right. into this. So I'll ask you the question, Pastor Brian, that's you. <laughs> You encourage us to grow in understanding by continually continuing to get to know Jesus as yep. well as our own sin and brokenness. Mm. What does that look like for you? Yeah. Yep. How can you practice that even this week? Yep. And how can you continue to receive his forgiveness again and again yep. and again? 
Yeah. Yeah, you're, you're going for that one, aren't you? Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, for me. Um, this isn't exactly a small group. <laughs> right, right, yeah, right. Anyone can hear this. <laughs> That's true. It's a small group in the room, yeah, but we there's can a whole bunch of you listening. Cancel right? this one if, if something. No, no, this is good. I, 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 this, is a, this is a great question to explore. Um, and I hope all of you in a life group are, are going to tackle it together. So for me, um, I think the conviction is not running from my sin and wrongdoing. Again, it's easy to live in my head. It's easy for me to live in the abstract and the tendencies to um, like avoid or uh, mm. minimize or even justify like the, mm. the, the, the wrongdoing that I do or the lack of you know, forgiveness or, or things like that. So um, I think the call for me is to face it and um, like really confront the reality of where I'm, I'm falling short. So two more specific things that I do is I, I regularly try to take an inventory and I've, I've used that language a few times, but like take an inventory of my last couple of days, or if I can do it on a daily basis, that's great. I don't, I don't think in actual practice, I, I do it that frequently. It's probably like every two or three days. But I'll reflect on like, okay, how have the last few days gone? And and the positive, like, oh, this was a good thing, or this was encouraging. You know, this is something that the Lord taught me, or you know, just the the positive side of things. But also the harder negative side, like, okay, I hurt my wife by saying this, or I didn't come through when I said I would do this, or you know, name name the specific things as I just reflect on my last day or two, and just I write them down. And I treat those as, okay, Lord, you're calling my attention to this. This is an opportunity for me to grow. I think I used to do this a lot more when I'd see that. I'd maybe if I did the same practice, I write it down. It's like, okay, I need to work on that. I need to try harder. I need to do more and, and just figure out how I can fix this. Mm-hmm. And I've since learned that it's not something that I can fix. It's mm-hmm. something I've got to work with the Lord on but it's not in my hands. Mm-hmm. I do it with him. And and moving from I've got to fix it, and often that's driven by fear, to this is an opportunity for me to grow and get better. Mm-hmm. And there's a freedom that comes in that. Mm-hmm. It, I, and I, don't, I think it actually helps us to see our sin in um, a more real way. Like I think sometimes that fear and that, that like, oh no, if someone else sees this and like, and we just, we, we blow it out of proportion or, or we respond in the wrong kinds of ways, but just seeing it as like, okay, this is something the Lord wants to work with me on and seeing it as an opportunity to grow. That's actually just been really, really helpful for me. So I will, I will every couple of days take some time and I'll try to write down like, here's, here's a moment for me where I, I can grow and, and all right, Lord, let's work on that. What, what can I do? And I, I pray about it. I seek the scriptures. Oftentimes I'll, I'll seek help from others, especially my wife. Um, like here's something I'm trying to work on, you know, help me think through this a bit and discern what the Lord might be doing. And so, um, taking that inventory and, and seeing that is just, it's a really, really helpful thing for me to do. Um, and so, yeah, the, that's kind of like the sin brokenness side. Um, but then the other side, I think part of that question was how, how do we, um, get to know Jesus, spend time with him? Well, even in those moments, hearing his forgiveness afresh, like, okay, this specific thing that I did, I, I spoke meanly to my wife. He forgives me for that. Like he doesn't hold that over me. I seek forgiveness from her too. Um, but like, 
he forgives me for that. And, and hearing it for specific things and being reminded like, this is who he is mm-hmm. and seeing that in the scriptures. So like, yeah, I, you know, read the I Bible. I love that you said, this is who he is. Yeah. Cause something that's helped me is I think I used to be that way too. I love that you said, write it down. I think that's really good. A lot mm-hmm. of times we live in our head and think like there's this giant net of problems yeah. that we have, but actually yep. you get down on papers like, Oh, here's actually a subset area yes. that I could just work on it and yep. it would correct all these said things. Mm-hmm. Um, but one thing that's really helped me is seeing those things and yeah. saying the opposite of what the enemy says to me is like yeah. I look at that and I say, That's not who I am. Yes. And I think what the enemy wants to do is disqualify you and say, That's yep. exactly who you are, and yes. you're gonna continually do that and it's mm-hmm. gonna get worse and worse and worse. And how could you and how could mm-hmm. you know? Yep. So yep. yeah, I think there's you oh, I'm gonna grip onto this yes. and I'm gonna yeah. stop. <laughs> yep. Yep. And you know, it's more it definitely is so much like this is not who God's calling to me and that's not right. what I want for my life and or just God wants that for my life and right. I wanna step into that. And, and that's not our idea. Identity. Yeah. When we receive exactly. Jesus, he gives us a new identity. We are not defined by our sin mm-hmm. anymore. Yeah. Yep. Because you really can't do anything with shame and guilt that's healthy. Right. Yes. I mean it's all it's all debilitating and, and bonding to us. Mm-hmm. It traps us mm-hmm. um in, in our in our sin, in our brokenness. And that's not what Jesus has for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So great question that my wife actually wrote. <laughs> Uh, good luck, small groups. You got that's right, this. That's right. We believe in you. It'd be yeah, awesome. That's great. <laughs> that's what that's what they're for, man. That's though, right. right? Being totally. honest and transparent, and yes, because if you can't in those spaces, you know where for are sure. you? And yep, yeah. I mean, that's a good plug just for accountability in general. And you talked about mm-hmm. celebrate recovery too. Mm-hmm. Just different spaces that. Um, yeah, it's not a go it alone kind of thing. Absolutely. If you know for like serious sin struggles and yeah, not that any yeah right sin isn't serious <laughs> is not what I'm saying. But yeah, you know like real addiction stuff and yeah for um, sure yeah that's that's great. Yep. So we're moving into a new series. So yeah. what's coming yeah. down the pipeline here at New Life? Yeah, so I'm excited. We are going to start a new series on Sabbath. I think we've teased that a little bit before. Um, We've actually taught on Sabbath before. We did a series a year and a half ago, something like that. Um, but as you've really pushed for, Cody, I appreciate this. This is a practice I think we need to come back to a lot. Um, I think it's one of the practices that is most timely for us in our cultural context right now. Mm-hmm. As Americans, we're go, go, go. We fill our times with productivity. We're busy. We've got so many activities. And even when we don't have something, our default is to fill our time, scrolling our phones or just mm-hmm. like just mindlessly doing something. And sometimes that's not a terrible thing, but the practice of Sabbath is an intentional move for us into who God has called us to be. Because I think one thing that maybe we haven't realized, this is what we want to go after in the series, is that we're in bondage into our time, into our productivity, into this mindset. And I think it permeates way more than we Mm -hmm. realize. And so the practice of Sabbath is actually a freedom-oriented practice. It uh, One of the things we're going to even see this coming week is when Moses reminds the Israelites of the Ten Commandments, he's talking to them right before they're going to go in the Promised Land. They've been wandering for 40 years. He reminds them, you were slaves in Egypt, but no longer. Therefore, keep the Sabbath. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's just an interesting connection. It's like you were slaves, now you're not a slave, so you can keep the Sabbath, so do it as an act of a free person. 
And and so that's what we want to dive into. We want to explore what's the barrier for us. Like what are we in bondage to that prevents us from practicing Sabbath? And there's so much good when we practice Sabbath. So yeah, yeah. it was something we ask a lot is like, what's at stake? And I think Mm -hmm. our joy is at stake when we don't do this. And I think that's what we're seeing our country and yeah. just the American church just so mm-hmm. full of distraction. And yep. I know I even speak for myself in social media. Yes, no, whatever people think about <laughs> it. Like, that's great. Like if you use it and you like glorify the Lord in it and it's a helpful tool, like that rocks. But for yeah. me, it's been much more hurtful than helpful yeah. um, on the side of like just distraction and just wasting mm-hmm. my time. And uh, so we'll like, I'll delete it, and then I'll be like, oh, you know what? It'd be nice to see what's on the marketplace, you know, because I like looking at, like, just what junk, you know? (laughs) And then you get back on it, and then you're like, oh, wow. Like, we've talked about before, you know, people will just be here stuck scrolling, and then, Mm -hmm. you know, you're watching a movie with someone, and you're on your phone scrolling through, like, whatever. Like, people, I know some, like, that's whatever if you need that. But for me, I just take inventory of that and just, like, Mm -hmm. this is, like, what's going on here? So um, I think... Practicing Sabbath is a way for us to undo those chains and bondage and Mm -hmm. things, and take probably a lot of inventory of what is going on in our lives, and just be able to recognize like what needs attention, what doesn't, what's doesn't need priority that I'm giving priority. Yes, yeah, and that that is the beauty of Sabbath. It is is multi layered and can do really good work because it's fundamentally just I'm stepping back from what normally is, and some of that's good the good things in life, but some of it's things we want to step away from and then we can see it more clearly and it's an opportunity for the Lord to work. So Mm -hmm. I've found Sabbath so helpful. So I hope um, as we dive into this series, it can be a a refreshing reminder Mm -hmm. for our church. Like this is a good practice, not one that we need to legalistically hold to, but can provide so much life for us. And I think, I hope it's something our church can be, I mean, I hope all churches are, yeah, but yeah. you know, we can be uniquely, this is something that makes us peculiar. And it's not that we're like setting up signs outside of our yeah, house right. saying we're on the Sabbath. Don't knock on this door, <laughs> <You're right. laughs> you know, kind of thing, but that we do keep it holy and, mm-hmm. and we are practicing Sabbath. Yeah. I think that would be something to be incredible for our body. Yeah. Yeah. It's so good. Simple enough, but that's right. That's right. So looking forward to it. It's going to be a good series. I think. Awesome. Thanks everyone. We will catch you next time. See ya.